Hello and welcome to the Shepherd Walwyn podcast series. My name is Jonathan Brown. Shepherd Walwyn is a campaigning book publisher based in London, England. Our purpose is to uncover and promote new ideas to society's oldest problems. And whilst our specialty is ethical economics, something Anthony Werner, our driving force for over 40 years, has pioneered, we have branched out over the years to other related areas such as the environment and the lives and works of society's change agents. These podcasts promote ideas we're convinced can actually help us build a better society for all of us. So have a listen and be sure to share with your friends if you like them, but also tell us what you think. These are debates we all need to be part of. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. This week we're speaking with John Butler, one of our most popular authors at Shepherd Walwyn and perhaps the most unlikely YouTube star you could ever hope to meet. John is a retired farmer and is well into his 80s. He published The Wonders of Spiritual Unfoldment in 2008, which tells his life story and shares the realisations he's experienced during a lifetime of meditation. He began to get attention after his 80th year when he did an interview for a show called Conscious TV with Ian McNay. This is now approaching 10 million views on all platforms, and in response to questions he received, he set up the YouTube channel Spiritual Unfoldment, where he now has 200,000 subscribers. His down-to-earth, honest and reassuring message, not to mention his extraordinary voice, has been of great help to people during the pandemic. So it was an absolute pleasure to sit down with him in his favourite church in Bakewell, Derbyshire, where he still meditates twice a day, and in his own words, he allows the silence into his conversations. The the book split up into two parts, and the first part tells um, a summary of your life, extraordinary life story. So I just wonder if you could give us a, a brief overview of, of that, really. Well, I can't give you so much, really, of an overview as an underview, because the book came about in a rather haphazard way. Um, soon after I was 60, when I began to think about what I could leave behind of value when I died, um, having not accumulated very much of worth in this life, I thought of of quite a, a store of little odd bits of paper scattered about in various places, because from quite an early age I made odd notes about what I thought were special moments what I might now call insights, but certainly didn't then. A few uh, heartfelt outpourings of a young man in agony over girls or inability to fit in life. Um, I've had quite a few adventures, a few odd notes that I jotted down, round and about. So I started putting these together and rather to my surprise, I began to realise this was material for a book. So I didn't have a computer then. I went to the local library and I started collating these. And rather to my surprise, after I suppose uh, three or three years or so of, of messing around, a, a book began to emerge, and lo and behold, it all came together. And then, of course, as every writer knows, began the awful business of trying to find someone to publish it. What do I do with it? So I uh, 
searched around for ages, sending it around and with no luck. And, and eventually uh, it got taken up and rather to my surprise emerged as a published book. <coughs> well, it, it, nothing much happened. It wasn't promoted really at, to begin with. And of course I was thrilled just to sell even just one or two copies in the local shop. But uh, it didn't move for years and years and years. And then, uh, again, totally to my surprise, um, um, in the end of my 70s, 79, 80, uh, I, I emerged on the internet to my great amazement. <laughs> and suddenly, suddenly <laughs> found some people were interested. <laughs> course has affected the sales of the book. So an overview of it is, well, perhaps that's it. Well, I don't know, and I know, um, I seem to remember Anthony Werner saying that he knew your wife through the Soil Association. Is that, uh, is that possible? Yes, there was a connection because the publisher, a man called Anthony Werner, he was in a school um, in, in, uh, in London which meditated and I was in a another school I learnt meditation um, it, it wasn't the same school but they were they were uh, connected schools really so we had that in common I suppose that's why he uh, he responded in the first place I don't know why um, yes and and you're referring on the internet was it it was a conscious you were doing stuff on YouTube and well, the it, conscious it, TV interview with Ian McNay was the Thing well, that, that was a complete surprise also, it just came out of the blue, uh, I'd never heard of it of course, but somebody, because I'd been meditating for many years and, and had a few people who came to me to meditate, um, one of them, um, without asking me, had put my name forward and Conscious TV contacted me, wanted to interview me. I refused at first, I didn't want uh, that sort of thing and um, anyway they persisted and eventually came up here and and uh, I knew nothing about internet or any of these things at that time. So I was taken, I was completely bewildered really by it all and didn't know what was happening. Anyway, <laughs> I gradually had to swallow it. <laughs> you got being famous? Well, I don't even like to think of it like that now. No. It wasn't my doing. <laughs> no. So, so uh, and what's and having I've read I know because this one started um, a process where you've now written I mean getting on for ten books. Yes, I have. Yes, I, I, it isn't so much a matter of, of writing them; they were already all written, really. But uh, most of them, I've had an adventurous life. I've done many things, and uh, and. Uh, course I brought up in the days of letter writing so I wrote uh, uh, accounts of, of all my adventures mostly letters home to my parents or to my wife mm. but these were kept and uh, so most of my books have sat in a cupboard for 30 years just uh, just unknown and, and unwanted as far as I knew and it's only now that I discover that some people are interested in me that uh, that there seems a reason to have them published mm. and I'm actually very glad to do so because um, I do love uh, what I call my work which is uh, 
<laughs> There's a good title in my first book, Unfoldment, this unfolding wonder of spirit and uh, the privilege of being able to share it now in my old age is, is, uh, is very meaningful to me. I'm very thankful for it. Mm. And, and so the, your process of writing then was, you've, have, you, have you always had a journal or...? Not always, but only at, at times when, uh, when I had something to write about, um, which was largely when I was abroad. Um, but I've meditated for many, many years, really since I was a young man of, uh, of 26, that's nearly 60 years of meditation. I've been very devoted to that and when you meditate, for those that don't know, you, you go beyond the thinking process. Um, well, with practice you may go beyond the thinking process. <laughs> if, if thinking occupies a sort of layer of the mind like that, what you could call the discursive mind, and this is what most people think of as the mind, the mind centered around me, uh, my thoughts, my opinions, my attitude, my reactions to the world. When you meditate, rather like a balloon going up through the clouds, you go up beyond and discover one sort of inner space, the infinite potential, just like a church spire. It gets narrower and narrower and narrower and then dissolves into the sky. That's exactly what happens in meditation. So you go beyond words, beyond ideas or thoughts. And then as you come back into the world and gradually descend, you re-enter the realm of, first of all, like the very first little fleecy clouds that you encounter when an aeroplane comes down just sort of little vague little movements in the mind which gradually gel into words and then eventually sort of a bit lower down become thoughts and interaction of thoughts. Now then, all the best things I've written are really just come from there. They're the first emergings as higher consciousness re-enters what you could call lower consciousness. and. And if you have a notebook with you at this time, at that time, which I always do, and just write them down, then you come back into the world. Good heavens, did I write that? Mm. Where did that come from? How did I know? Because of course it isn't from me, it isn't from John Butler. It comes from this higher realm where you're taken out of this separate entity called John and you you have at least some access to the world of spirit and that's why we talk of inspiration which means the, the spirit operative mm. in the individual yeah and that is the that is the essence of of uh, of particularly the the realizations of my books. Mm. So if I can, and I know we're going to be, we're going to be talking in more detail, there's on page 159, you, 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 so you tell us, a, you go, the, the, the first part of the book, you tell us on your life on farming or growing up and 
um, going to, to boarding school, going to South America, coming back, farming, meditation, and then going out to, I think, whether it's South America or Africa, um, and out to America. And you had these some amazing adventures. Um, but then this is, where you, this is what you say on 159. So then now, having filled in the background, I come to what I call more specifically windows of realization. As I explained in the introduction, these notes have mostly arisen spontaneously, without thought, appearing in the mind as attention surfaces after deep prayer and requiring only to be written down. They are in chronological order and interspersed with a few articles also written at the same time. In addition, I include some brief commentaries to explain what might otherwise seem to be obscure and provide some personal narrative to help keep our feet on the ground. Um, which, as anybody who, who follows you and listens to your work, then, you know, feet on the ground is something that's, that's very important. And so what I find, one of the things I find remarkable about the book is that there's, there's a man who has some very profound struggles and you, you're very, you're at times, searingly honest about the challenges that you face in your life. And yet, through your practice of meditation and the continuation of for nearly 60 years now, and in this beautiful church where you now, you've been doing it for over 20 years, is that you have these, these insights um, and they're just, they're absolutely breathtaking. Um, so just going back to the book, so you were thinking about, um, you wanting to, you wanted to leave something behind. Um, so what is it you hope readers get from the book? Here and now, Jonathan, it's always with us. The most simple and obvious of all things, yet strangely enough, so seldom recognized. Even while we're talking, there is this background of silence. Now, what is silence? Silence, space, freedom, presence, spirit. Does one of those end and the others begin? Aren't they all? One leads into the other. Presence, presence of what? What do we mean by it? What do we mean by God? What is so often the missing dimension of life? The peace the freedom, the infinite love that we all hunger for. What gives meaning to this so often meaningless existence? What's it all for? What are we here chasing around like a puppy chasing its tail, hurrying from somewhere to nowhere, 
days pass. We grow old and we die. What for? What does wisdom teach us? What does scripture teach us? Seek for that which faileth not, for eternal life. Save the soul, come back to God. Come back to where you started from, before we were born into this world. The spirit. And it's always here and now, isn't it? Always present, God is with us. Behold, I am with you always. It's always here. This is the kingdom of heaven, the treasure, which we always miss because we are not present, because the human condition is absence from the presence of God. So my life's work has been to discover this and to try to share it with others. Hmm. When when you were writing the book, or when you were pulling the bringing the book together, um, what surprised you about the process? After just saying those few words to you now, I'm often surprised myself. How can I say these things? Where does it come from? How can I be so sure? I couldn't say it unless it was real, could I? No, unless you've, unless you've experienced it over unless and over I, again. No, so I'm amazed myself because it is wonderful, you know, it's wonder. This wonder. That there is hope mm. in this life. That through all our trials, trials and tribulations, there is a meaning to it all. It's all a great school of learning. A school of what life is not. It's all a great, see we learn by mistakes. We learn by getting it wrong. This has been the story of my life. One mistake after another, one failure, one wrong, wrong turning. This is how we learn. <laughs> so many we don't times. learn by getting it right, we learn, we learn by failing. There's there so many times reading your work, John, when, um, just this is so hoping that oh, I'll get it right this time it'll go well this time and then things start to go well like the the organic farming in you know in Bicker Fen and he's being successful and then and then it just falls away yes, and does. then oh I'll be successful you know going to Africa I oh, basically oh, oh no not again and then uh, it's just it's just one disaster after another and so I'm looking at my life which is you know, quite a few disasters, and I'm thinking, you know, John's done it, 
and he's, and he's made it through. And, I, and when I, you know, I watch you answering questions on your YouTube channel and, and there's so many people in, in so, much, so much pain. And, um, and it's like, well, do you know what? And you, and you say to them, you know, pain can be a good thing. Being depressed, it can be good because it really <laughs> helped you because you realize, had you been, do you know, I was, I was doing, I was thinking, imagine if your grandfather had left you 103 acres. Imagine that, because that, you may have just then become, you could have become big enough to influence a soil association, which then could have kept you as an organic mm. farmer. And it would, have, it would have benefited, no doubt would have benefited the food chain and people around it, but it would have meant that you would not have had this experience and you would not be sharing this message now because you would have had the success. Mm-hmm. You know, and the connection between the, you know, when you talk about the, the, the grocery business in Sheffield, and it had that connected mm. with the organic farm or the connections that you gained from working in, in Sheffield, the whole thing could have lit up. And that then would have been, you would have had a very successful life. We may have been reading about, you know, the way that we read about Ken Morrison, we could have been reading about John Butler and mm. Butler's greengrocers or, mm. you know, but we wouldn't have got, we wouldn't have, wouldn't have got this guy who failed so often and yet came up now just with this, extraordinary message and I've, I've got on my notes you know who who is the book for and I wonder maybe that's it's for people who are you know who are feeling it's like well what do I do now or you mm. know is there more is there more to life and that seems to have been a question that that's occupied you for the whole of your all of your life really even as a child you're mm-hmm. saying how you, you used to ask questions and mm-hmm. I think it was someone was saying about John Butler didn't come here to to go along or he didn't you know he didn't come oh, yes. here to <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And you've always, and you just, and mm. you've just not fitted in, have you? And no. you know, anywhere. And, but you found nature, and you found mm-hmm. you found prayer and, and meditation, and um, and found God. I don't even know if I found in God, Jonathan. I think rather it's a case the other way round. Mm. Um, There was a child brought up in the country. Do you find the silence of the fields or do you just... It's just natural, isn't it? Mm. Like just sitting here talking about the presence. Do we find it? I suppose the only finding is it helps to stop talking. But it's only too obvious, isn't it? Yeah. You don't yeah. find it, it's just here. It's like the air we breathe. You don't go outside and find the sky, do you? The sky's just there. <laughs> you look at the horizon, you don't find the horizon. You just look at it. That's how it is. You don't have to find God. You just stop talking. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> that's a good first step. Well, and, and as you as you say, stop turning away. Well, of course, it's, diff- it's very difficult because we don't know what we're, we get so, so we're so screwed up in our minds, you know. <laughs> if, if I say stop turning away, you will immediately answer stop turning away from from what? <laughs> we just are so complicated <laughs> and to come back to simplicity is almost impossible for us. Um, we have to start off with all sorts of systems and and symbols and recipes and books and things, <laughs> but. Uh, Uh, sorry, I'm wondering a bit. <laughs> well, we were, we were, so we were talking about the, um, 
about the book before we started, weren't we? Mm. And um, and how it's, it is very much in in well not it's not two halves because you got the, the 160 pages of of your life story and then the what I would what I would say is is so in the book what we've got is you've got you've got your life story with insights and mm-hmm. with realizations as yes. as they happened yes, yes, right yes. and and you know the story of the um i think you talked about it with with ian just the the story of when you're on the underground you're just getting into meditation and you yes. recognize the the beauty of things which i'd, I'd love to, for us to get into um and then there's you know just some truly just truly hilarious stories really just the i can't wait to get into what you wrote on your cv it's probably the funniest thing i've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> i used to i've got friends in recruitment and they i said i said you've got to let me tell you that the sky party cv in additional information um just just so so funny and then you move into so the chapter even the eagle is the first one for realizations when it becomes a book of realization with occasional biographical note to add you know because the, obviously your experience in russia was just so important in your life but also in your in your practice and in your connection with with god of coming home wasn't it and that's that mm-hmm. feeling of mm-hmm. of coming home and you know and, and reading all the reading the books after that whether it's mystic beginnings or I just got a, you know, the, and, the, and you know, it's essentially about the, that's your, your failed love life, isn't it? In mystic beginnings, um, but you just—it's as if your heart was so big, only a country could hold it. Is what I is what I took from from that. Really, looking at mystic beginnings and then coming back to to the story in Russia on this one, when your your insights just get so much deeper. Um, do you know, and, and as a, obviously as a publisher, we want people to, to buy as many books as, as possible. But as I was saying, as you get into the, the realizations, it could be, you know, one realization a day can be enough at times, really, because it, it, just, it just stops you. Well, it stopped me anyway. And, um, mm-hmm. Well, if you think that, that these realizations, it's not a matter of me just sitting down at a table and writing them, you see, they're, they're often <clears throat> many weeks, if not months, between each short paragraph. Mm. So that's, if you think that uh, it, it, it takes me, oh, 40 years to collect those few pages of realizations, and, and it's taken me that long to digest them. So anybody who picks it up and reads it, like sort of as like a novel in a couple of days, well, mm. <laughs> you're going to be a bit out of sync, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, you know, they can be read quickly, but 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 the slower you go, the more you're likely to to uh, get out of them. Well, do you know? And there's there's some wonderful. There's a wonderful chapter. Um, near the end and it's quest- some questions answered um, and I guess that could be the closest to, to some of the stuff you do on YouTube um, I don't know if it's if it's a generational thing but I do find there's there's I find there's more depth communicated in the mm-hmm. in the in the written word yeah. and I, I'm just wondering if some of that is because it's the whole the whole insight that came down and it sounds as if your process is that this this insight a realization comes out whole and you're writing it out in words, but actually it's a whole insight. Is that, is that a fair description? Well, I'm not quite sure what you mean by a whole insight, really. 
see, the, the more we, the nearer we approach to what we could call the infinite, it can never be fully grasped, can it? No. We only just get a glimpse. So there's always beyond, there's always more. Mm. You're just sitting still now, here and now. Where does the silence end? One can just melt into it. Where does it end? Mm. Is there anything, let's, let's wrap this one up um, for now, is there anything you'd like to say to the, to the listeners? I know you're not, I know you're not a pers- you're into the power of persuasion, um, you're into the power of example. Is there, is there anything that you'd like to say to someone that's wondering about buying your book? Um, You know, dear to difficult questions like that, ever more I find myself drawn to silence. <laughs> Do you know, and, and John, it's Jim, um, given what the book's about and, and what you've learnt and the importance, as you, as you tell us, to say, you know, just sit down and be quiet. Really, and maybe that's what, you know, the people, if you're thinking of buying the book, just reflect and then and see what you move to do. Whatever the, you know, whatever the message that you get, whatever comes up for you, then, then trust that. Um, which may or may not be a good thing for a publisher, but I, I think it's fantastic <laughs> advice. So, um, so thank you very much for, for being with us. God bless you, dear. And- all potential and not potential <laughs> readers <laughs> because honestly when you connect with this silence which is really love isn't it this love just spreads and includes everybody and everything without limit it really is we call it the love of god but it's just that without limit. <laughs> Brilliant. It's just great. Thank you for listening to the Shepherd Walwyn podcast. To explore these ideas further, be sure to visit our website www.shepherdwalwyn.com and join our mailing list for news and special offers. Check out our authors and buy the books to learn more. And you can also find us on social media. Links are also on the website. And if you like the podcast, please head over to iTunes or Spotify to give us a review. It's surprisingly helpful in getting the ideas out there. So until next time, keep reading. <laughs>